This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, one family stories of rescuing puppies. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D O G G Y D I V A dot com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As a rescue herself, Miss Olive knows the importance of rescue and fostering. Kathy Callahan, a certified professional dog trainer and contributor to Whole Dog Journal, brings a whole unique and cheerful look into her family's journey of fostering over 100 shelter puppies. And each pup has their own endearing story. And Kathy's here with us today to share many of them with us in this amazing photo filled book, 101 Rescue Puppies, One Family Story of Fostering Dogs, Love and Trust. And I have to tell you, everybody, just looking at these pictures, especially in the times we're living in right now, I think that it is so uplifting and just fills my heart with joy. And I'm so happy to have with us today, the author of that book, Kathy Callahan. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Now, could you just share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you started fostering? Sure. 
So uh, we were actually a normal family just eight years ago uh, <laughs> with when we had two dogs and a cat and uh, two kids. And uh, like like many of your listeners, one of our dogs had passed away. And so we were feeling sad. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. If you love dogs, your house just doesn't feel the same. But we weren't ready to you know, replace her. We weren't ready for to add a real permanent member because we were still just in mourning, honestly. So somebody suggested fostering and we just kind of thought, oh, we can do that. Uh, so we took in two puppies and I had no idea. We didn't set out to have this become our thing. We didn't set out to, you know, be the puppy people, but we are now almost at 200 <laughs> because it has become addictive because there is no better feeling in the world. You know, we take in these dogs and, you know, they're, you know, they're not coming from a, uh, they're, they're at risk in some way, you know, and so they get to us. And so I work with different foster with different rescues and shelters, and they do that hard work of getting the dogs to me, and then I get the happy work of we just pull them into our pack <laughs> and we get them all happy, we get them all healthy and happy and feeling good, and then we hang out together having a great time until uh, their forever homes show up. And it has been, and again, I didn't mean to foster, nor did I mean or set out to write a book, but. The what happens in this house is so lovely that I could, I just had to share it, and so that's really the thing. Is there's, there's so much good that happens here that we just get to witness. We just get to witness our own dogs welcome welcoming this endless stream of puppies through here, and our own dogs and our cats just set the tone. They sit there and they convey in two seconds, much quicker than we humans could. You're safe. It's good here. And to watch them come into this house and then just, you know, they're maybe they're a little nervous, they're skittish, they're shaky. You know, to watch them moments later romping around in our yard is the most glorious thing. So that's what the book shares is all those little adventures, those little journeys. The book talks about kind of the most fun, interesting, moving, poignant little adventures that we've had um, with all of these these pups coming through our house and our family. Well, I have to tell you, Kathy, I read a lot of books on rescue. I read a lot of books on fostering. I read a lot of books on all that. And you really are very true and authentic in what goes on in fostering. What has surprised you most about fostering? So I have to say, so I, you know, we got into this for, for the dogs. You know, we are big time dog lovers and, and that part has been true to form. We knew we would love it. We knew it'd be delicious to have these puppies around all the time and it's just great fun. What I didn't anticipate was the human element that would be so rewarding. And what has happened over time is this has turned into the most positive way to connect to people, which in these times is a really lovely thing. So, um, and it's not only connecting to the adopters who, you know, obviously I'm so grateful that they step up and take in these dogs. And then we feel like family after that. You know, we've both loved the same puppy and then we, we stay in touch forever and that's great. But it's also everyone else. You know, we take these dogs in and to help socialize these puppies, we take in litters at a time. That's how you get up to a number like almost 200 is, you know, I'll take in a mom and her eight pups. We, in fact, we just adopted out a whole litter this week. So I take in a whole bunch at a time. And what's great for puppies is socializing. And so uh, we have 
friends and neighbors and Girl Scout troops and preschool kids come over to get these puppies used to all that human contact. And each one of those interactions is just so positive. You know, these people come over and, oh, it feels great to them. It feels great to us. We get connected. Um, I didn't know when we first took in those two puppies that I would end up, you know, <laughs> going to the grocery store and, you know, kids who otherwise would be shy would come up to me and just be like, hey, Mrs. Callahan, I was watching your latest video. I just love little Brownie, you know, Aww. and it's just, um, so that part has surprised me is that it would become this way that I'm suddenly connected in the most positive way you can imagine with all sorts of people. Um, and that's what, that's how I, that's kind of what made me think I could write this book because I was posting, of course, I overpost on social media because I'm trying to get homes for these dogs. So, you know, I'm constantly posting. And originally it was just to get homes on, you know, on Facebook and Insta. But then I'm finding out, I see these people commenting. It's, you know, my husband's coworker's uncle is commenting <laughs> about how, you know, whenever he feels a little stressed, he goes to my page. And then I realize, okay, so this is the kind of story, truly, this speaks to everybody. Seeing puppies who would have been in a rough spot, but instead come to our little our little oasis for a little time and then find their forever home. That's a story that everybody can get behind and that cheers everybody up, you know, and it's just, it's, it's hard to find a reliable source of cheer right now. (laughs) Puppies on their way to a great new life. That is a reliable, like little extra thing. And and I'm, I'm looking at the cover of your book right now. It's sitting right in front of me in the studio and I'm looking at that puppy. Oh my gosh. You have a book full of them, but it just brings joy, such joy to your your heart. I'm telling you, everyone, 101 rescue puppies are going to love it. But I have to ask you this. I've been in rescue over 25 years. And my friends, my dog people friends always say that if you look in the dictionary under foster failure, you see my picture. Have you (laughs) ever been a foster failure with all of these puppies that you have? Yes. So, um, so foster failure means that you fail to adopt out the dog you're fostering. So it's a classic move is that everybody thinks they're going to foster, but of course you get this dog in your house, you fall in love with them and you keep them. Um, but what happened with us was before we jumped onto this fostering train, um, we had a family, I still remember us sitting around the dining room table and our kids were 15 and 12 at the time. And so Tom, we were all sitting around and Tom said, okay, I do think we should do this. I think it'd be great for our family, do a little bit of good. You know, it's in our wheelhouse. We can do this. Plus, it'll be fun. But I don't want us to adopt any of our fosters because that's going to be just this emotional roller coaster every single time we take in a foster. You know, all four of us will be, is this the one? Is this one? Oh, and he said, you know, that's just going to be torture for us. And I think it'll just, we'll do a better job. It'll be better for us if we just decide, nope, that's not going to happen and be serious about fostering. And we all actually thought that was a, that was a pretty good idea. We all signed up. We're like, yep. You are right. Well, um, so we, we did pretty well the first five fosters, but then we got our first nursing mom with her babies. That was Nala and her her seven babies that came to us at, when the pups were maybe a month old. So we had a month, a little over a month with Nala and her babies in her house, and the whole time I'm just falling in love with Nala. And we're co-parenting, you know, we're up in the middle of the night together taking care of the kids, we're bonding, but I'm realizing 
I agreed. You know, I can't. And I really think it's important. I don't think you should ever push pets on other members of the household because it is a household decision. And we were utterly clear about all this. So at some point, Tom, now I love Tom, was snuggling up with her. And he said, you know, we really do have to find a special home for her. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, well, this is a special home. Okay. So we found it. And we found it. And so he really did. He's like, you know what? What am I doing? Of course it is. So Nala was our first foster fail. And our second was another mom. So, you know, I have learned that we can, we can give up the puppies because, you know, three days later, you get these awesome pictures of these puppies totally settled in their new house. You know, you thought they loved you so much and you spent all this time with them sleeping across your chin and, you know, but then seriously, three days later, you get these awesome pictures of them totally snuggled in their new pack and you just know they adjust so quickly. For the moms, it's a little bit harder for me to give them up because they've had more of a life beforehand. I don't know what they went through before they got to us and you know they really relaxed into things here. And so it's a little bit more of a heartbreak to give them up, which just means I put in extra, extra, extra time to find that right match for them. And we've gotten super lucky. And so our moms, we've had kind of maybe maybe a dozen moms, a little bit more at this point. They have all gone to great spots, except for the two that we have, in fact, failed with. And it's been the most spectacular fail. We are so happy to have them. And you have so many happy stories with great endings. But sometimes in, there was a little drama on the way. Uh, were you scared at all of what the next challenge might be? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. We, we've gotten, we've, bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I generally feel like what happens at our house is the sweet spot in rescue. A lot of people, when they think about a, a, a book about dog rescue, are worried to read it because they think it's going to be so sad mm-hmm. because just, you know, there are some bad stories, but that's not what this book was about. You began with a happy feeling, the middle was a happy feeling, and the ending was a happy feeling. Exactly. And so that generally is, the book reflects what my experience is, which is largely, this is the sweet spot, this is all happy, it's all good. However, within that, we have had a few medical issues that were so challenging Mm -hmm. to work through. But the thing is, like everything in life, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's been through bad things. And I think most of us can point to the fact that that tough stuff, while you wouldn't welcoming it, you don't want it to happen again, for sure, good stuff comes out of it. For sure, good lessons come out of it. You learn good stuff. And that has been true for the challenges that came with the puppies as well. And so, um, you know, that's uh, at this point, I know we could have a litter with Parvo. We could have a litter with, you know, um, some kind of medical stuff that we can't overcome. But I know now it's still going to be okay in the end and that we get so much support from this community. Uh, you know, when a few sad things have happened, like uh, seriously, people drop by soup and flowers mm-hmm. and, you know, they fill my inbox with happy stories of how much they love the foster they got from us. So even when some bad stuff happens, um, good lessons come flooding my way. So it, on balance, this whole fostering thing is ridiculously joyful. And I feel so lucky that we fell into it. We didn't, you know, we just fell into it. Now it's, it's a defining part of my life, certainly, and of our family life. And I wish for everyone to get this kind of 
strange little window in the world that suddenly offers all sorts of joy where it always was there, but you, you didn't have a way to tap into it. And that's the thing. Now fostering gets me to tap into not only these delightful dogs, but these the best side of people as well. And I'm going to ask you a really tough question. <laughs> of all the puppies that you and your family have fostered, was there a favorite one? You know, there's really not. Um, there's really not. The, uh, whatever whatever group we, we have at the time always ends up feeling like the favorite. Um, and for uh, for sure, there's there's something that we call less less puppy syndrome, which is um, often, you know, we have a litter, and and at some point, there's always a last puppy left, right? Everybody else gets adopted because those adoptions are usually staggered just a little bit, and so there's somebody that's last, and you're like, you know, nobody picked them, and you kind of feel a little sad for them, and so we always bring them up, that little last guy. We're not going to leave him in the puppy den downstairs and that different, so we pull him up, frankly, we pull him up in bed with us, and we pull him up, and he becomes part of our pack for those days or whatever that it takes to find his home. Sure enough, every single time, we're like, oh my gosh, this was the best one, you know, every single time, (laughs) but it's just because you get to know that one better. Um, you get to, because when you deal with a litter, it's a different kind of dynamic than li- dealing with one puppy, puppy alone. And so once you get the one puppy alone, oh my goodness, you really bond with them and you really get to know them. And then you start to, that's when I have a chance to train a little bit more and I can start introducing sit and touch and all sorts of things. And inevitably I'm like, oh, this one's so smart. Anyway, so often the last puppy syndrome pup ends up kind of being a favorite, but, um, I also know that's just kind of because of circumstance. So. And having been in, you know, rescue and fostering dogs myself, I, I kind of have this dilemma too, but I have dogs and cats in my house. And can you just share with us which fosters you take in and maybe how, yeah. do, how do you know uh, uh, who will fit, even though they're not permanently going to be in your... And that's the most important thing. When you foster, if you ask me, a foster or a dog or take in a new dog, mm-hmm. the most important thing is your loyalty to the pets currently in residence. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do something that's going to mess up their lives. So I am super careful to um, do the best I can picking um, moms who are going to do okay with my um, my uh, dogs and my kitties. And so I ask a ton of questions. I don't worry about the puppies because puppies are containable. Like yes. puppies, when little, little guys like that, it's very easy to contain them. Of course, I don't let them have the run of the house anyway. <laughs> that would be a disaster. So they can always be contained. So I, all, my dogs always, and my dogs and my cats always have the option to interact with pups or not because the pups are contained. Or when we go outside, you know, our dogs can choose to come out with or they can choose to wait till the puppies aren't in the yard anymore. So it's always, my guys always have the choice. But when we take in a mom, it would be very challenging to try to keep the mom separate all the time from our pack. That would just be kind of some constant stress if it were the kind of mom that is really not going to be happy with other dogs. So I ask a million questions. So I've done this for a long time, and I, my rescue that I typically work with is Homeward Trails Animal Rescue in Arlington, Virginia, and they're really great. And my adoption coordinator knows these dogs come from shelter partners mm-hmm. that we have that are typically in rural areas. And we've worked with those shelters a long time, and it's often the same people. So we ask the questions, what does this mom, what's this mom like with other animals? Has the mom been cat tested? Where is she coming from? And so I don't take dogs that we don't know anything about because I don't want to take a big risk 
for my own animals in this house. I, I just do my due diligence and try to get dogs that I know that we've at least had some kind of signal that they're going to be great with my dogs and great with my cats. And we are 100% at this point. We always have ended up with dogs. And this has amazed me. When I first started, I completely thought that if you took on a mama dog, that mama was going to be super protective of the pups. And in the beginning, I absolutely thought I would have to sequester her away. We have kind of a a rec room that opens to the yard, and I sort of thought that that would become the area and that I thought that they would never interact with my animals well. I learned very quickly that that's just not how we're going to foster. And, in fact, the way we foster, everyone's together all the time, and that's the fun of it. And we have just had 100%. We have every single time. It has worked out just fine. And partly I think that's because my pack is so grounded and so stable. I think that uh, when a mom comes in here, if she might be inclined to be testy, she meets with this pack that has such a vibe that immediately she's like, oh, actually, it's okay. So it's been fun. It's just fun. We have a lot of friendships develop here. I have found that in the in the past, the dogs have been fine. They all fit in. I had rescued a cat from a hurricane. We had to go through and people had to leave their pets at home. They couldn't get into the shelter. And, yeah. and it was a lot of older people. So I, try, I found homes for the birds, for this, for that. And this oh. one cat I couldn't find a home for. The cat was bigger than I had greyhounds, whippets, and Italian greyhounds at the time. But it was bigger than my Italian greyhounds. I I brought it home. I also had two cats. And that cat, he would hide behind the wall and attack my little Italian greyhounds. My oh. cat, who was smaller than him, used to headbutt him to push him away. She'd like see what he was going to do. So we actually rehomed him and found a wonderful home um, for yep. him at, where he was the only animal and he was perfectly happy. But it's funny because you have to sort of decide, are they going to yeah. fit in or are they not going to fit in? And you know, a lot of times you don't, you, you think, oh my gosh, I'm doing such a good thing. So it makes me feel good to know your story because I love, 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 love reading about what you did. Now I have to ask you something and you <laughs> may have 20 thousand of these. Can you share with us some of your sweetest foster memories? <laughs> yeah, I do have a million. <laughs> of, um, and, but, you know, part of it is just the stuff that happens every time. Like we have a constant ability to go downstairs in that rec room and lie in the middle of eight puppies. And so, you know, for the past two weeks leading up to, to this election, uh, and our whole family is home. So my grown daughters are home, you know, because it's a crazy time. So one's 23, one's 20. My husband, we're all working from home. And so all of us have had the chance to, we just can go and snuggle in, in a pile of puppies whenever we want. Like, oh, come oh, on. I just got goosies. That's just it's crazy. Nirvana, puppy nirvana. It is. That's the thing. It just is. So that's just one of the things that's just kind of ongoing is there's just ongoing cuddles and hilarity. Like they're funny. They're funny to watch them jump around and play with each other and form their own little friendships. It's very cute. Um, the big stuff that I will never forget is, um, you know, a mom gave birth, Piper gave birth on our couch. Um, that <laughs> So that was not the plan. I had gone to all sorts of uh, uh, lengths to uh, outfit her with the perfect spot to give birth. She chose my the, the upholstery on my couch when I wasn't quite paying attention. So anyway, that just, that's an incredible thing to be next to a being giving birth, like just 
amazing. And so then we had eight weeks, you know, so these puppies were born. I saw their first moment. I saw them open their eyes. I still remember staring into the eyes of the first puppy who opened his eyes, little Puffin. And by then I felt like I knew him so well. I'd I'd felt him, you know, moving around in his mom's tummy and then saw him born. And then he finally opened his eyes and we looked at each other. And again, at that stage, I don't think they can really see much out of their eyes, but it felt like we were looking at each other like, hey, it's you. Just so amazing. So Tom and I, a lot of this is just, it's just a fun thing to do with your family. You know, Tom and I, have become empty nesters at this point, although, as I said, the girls are back right now. But it's a fun thing that we do together. Like, we spent our 22nd anniversary driving in the middle of the night at 2 o'clock to, to a rendezvous to go pick up a mom and her four puppies that was, like, two hours away. That's just fun. You know, that's just fun to find yourself 22 years into marriage doing something like that, fill up your thermos, just having a kick out of how weird your life is, you know, that we're driving. It's to not a- weird. It's it's like fun, <laughs> intriguing, and magical. And, and I know it has yeah. its downsides, not downsides, but challenges. And you know what, Kathy, you convey this beautiful feeling in the book that, you just walk away after you read the book feeling so joyful. You actually feel like you're a part of what you went through. Like even when the puppies were born, how you went through like all of this, you took (laughs) us through it beautifully. And I know for myself coming to the end of the book, I almost didn't want it to end. I've never met you personally, but I felt like I knew you and I felt like I knew the puppies and I felt like I was a part of this whole thing that was going on. So you did a beautiful, beautiful job writing the book conveying the feelings. its It was just wonderful. I mean, for those of you that are looking to walk away with a wonderful feeling, or if you're just looking to smile, you have to get 101 rescue puppies because you open up to any page and your heart will be full. And, and I'm speaking from experience because it happened to me. Where can the listeners go so to learn more about you and all of your fabulous and amazing work that you do. And where can they go to get their copy of 101 Rescue Puppies? First of all, thank you for for all of that. And honestly, I just have to say, all I'm doing is reporting what happened here. I feel so lucky (laughs) that this stuff happens in my house. And I'm just trying to share a little. I just hope readers walk away with a smidgen of the feeling we have just by getting to foster this life. I think they will. um, So you can buy that book wherever you like to buy your books. So you can shop local, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble, it, it's everywhere. So, so, um, uh, anywhere you like to buy your book, you will find it. I do, I have to say that all the, there, uh, what's fun about Amazon is that all the reviews are on there. So it's fun to see what people are saying about the book. And so if you, if you haven't, if you don't believe it yet, go check out the, those reviews. And then, um, my stuff is on my website, uh, www.puppypicks. That's puppy, P-I-C-K-S dot com like you're picking a good puppy um, and you'll just find stuff there's I'm also I have become a dog trainer in over these years you know I didn't when I first started you know we were just dog owners but um, I've ended up getting fascinated with dog behavior and have become a dog trainer and so there's a lot of information on there if you do have a new puppy there's some little short training videos in there there's some good links I do write for whole dog journal now and so you can find some good dog training information on that website as well. So it's www.puppypicks.com. 
And as a rescue pup herself, as I said, Miss Olive has chosen 101 rescue puppies to be featured in her holiday gift guide as one of Miss Olive's favorite things. And, and again, it's perfect. Not only it's the perfect gift for pet lovers, it's also the perfect gift for someone who just wants to feel good and wants to smile and have their heart feel good. It's it's a beautiful book. And I'm telling you, go to Amazon or go wherever you buy your books. Look at the cover. You're going to hit click. I'm telling you right now. So Kathy, I want to thank you so much for being our guest, for sharing your amazing foster puppy stories. And as a rescue mama myself, I want to thank you for your dedication, patience, empathy, and the love that you and your family devoted to these puppies. And again, all of you, please visit puppypicks, dot com to learn more about Kathy and this amazing book, 101 Rescue <laughs> Puppies. So Kathy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. It was just really fun to talk to you. It was fun talking to you, too. Have a great holiday, and we'll be back in just a moment. All right, you do. Thank you so much. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and The Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.